Bills Fan Podcast for June 29th, 2016, episode number 61. 61 of these. Yeah, it's your boy Dave at NumBillsFan on Twitter, along with my friend. Yep, friend, colleague. Colleague reminds me of college. I don't really. Yeah, I don't do college. I don't do smart. But for those who don't know, my name's Adam Deacon. You can find me on Twitter, Numbills Adam D. Hit him up on the Facebook. Ladies, he's single. Holler at him. If you want to. He's not that desperate. If you want to. I mean, I stay pretty busy with uh, doing nothing. <laughs> um, well, life happens. It sure does. So we had some uh, sad news yesterday morning. The legend... Buddy Ryan has passed away. Right. Right. The the architect, the mastermind. Behind the 85 Bears defense. Oh, I mean... Arguably... That, that, that defense is synonymous with Nightmare. Like... That was, that was the dude you did not want to line up across from. Most feared defense of all time, probably. Look, we were still shit in our pants at one year, at one year old. You were eighty four, right? Yeah, I was eighty. Yeah, 84. I mean, I was still. I mean, I was still shit in my pants last week. Truthfully, I don't know about all that. You don't gotta try to be funny. I know. I'm. Someone's got you know, it. So, someone, someone's got it. I thought I had the joke in the bag, but yeah, way to go. No, all right. Anyways, yeah, before we were, I could wipe. Uh, we were you know, little. You knew about the eighty. You knew about the eighty-five bears. You we were little cribblings, and yeah, it was a pretty. It's it's always interesting hearing about the eighty-five bears because you hear about the forty-six defense, and people think it's. Well, I kind of thought too, some super odd like formation where you had pretty much. Four guys and six linebackers, you know, like four defensive linemen, six linebackers in it. Really right, you know, because you got the three, four, and the four, three. It's kind of like three guys up front, four linebackers, four guys up front, three linebackers, whatever. Um, but yeah, and, and it's just it's weird that you have two linebackers overloading on one side. Okay, so so what so what exactly is the four six defense for those who don't know? Well, I know what it's named after, and it was named after the jersey number of Doug Plank, who was the starting strong safety for the Bears when Ryan developed the defense. So, all right, so he, this he was, played in the formation as a surrogate linebacker, right? And this was this was an eight man front, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. Eight, I, well, here eight in the box. You move your strong here, here's safety. Here's the thing: up. He, he started putting eight guys in the box. And that was chaos for these these offenses that have never have never had that going on, you know. Um, if you want to be technical, six players along the line of scrimmage, four playing line technique, two in a line pack, 
linebacker technique. And then two players at linebacker playing, you know, the normal linebacker technique, as you would see, with three defensive backs. So it's like almost a 4-3, but you had... You had your strong you safety had, you, moving you had, down. Yeah, moving down which is crazy. And, and, and the whole genius behind it was you did not know who was coming or dropping. Exactly. It was it was chaotic, you know. Um he had a he had a fam- Buddy Ryan had a famous quote about that defense. Um he was you know, he said saying the four six defense is an you know, an eight man front is like saying Marilyn Monroe is just a girl. Like he really took pride in how multiple these guys could could be in that in that formation. Innovator. Right. He made these offenses come in and have to change their game plan. They say that Bill Walsh, which if you look at obviously nineteen eighty five, yes. you look what happened with Joe Montana just a few years later, you know, you could almost argue that the 46 helped create the West Coast offense. Oh, absolutely. You know, that it it sparked a uh, a whole new level of creativity amongst coaches throughout the league because they all had this problem. What are we going to do when we play Chicago? You know, these guys are holding – you know they're they're out here shutting guys out. You know holding guys to, to seven, holding guys to ten point. You know you couldn't score on this team. Well, and that's when you couldn't league, score on them. I mean, that's when the league was run first, run first, run first. And, and Bill Walsh, the mastermind coach of the San Francisco Forty ers he came up essentially with the spread. You know you have a lot of these receivers. Okay, well you got to match up with them. But don't worry about running. It's incredible when you watch new ways to skin the cat. Is that the term? I yeah. don't know if I said yeah. that right. It's, you, you something. Know, it's something new like ways, that. New ways to, to go about doing things and then watching everybody adapt to it and then they say the NFL is is, is a copycat league and uh, at the same time it's cool watching everything evolve and you could credit the 46 for helping really get a zone blitz kind of defense thing created after that you know what I mean? If if you don't know what's going to happen, which you never do, but, I mean, there's there's guys who, who can play a solid defense by sticking to fundamentals and very, very basic, we don't want to have you thinking type deal. But if you listen to Buddy Ryan, you know, it's a problem Mike Singletary had with Buddy Ryan is he was drafted, felt he was held out, or, or or he held out for pay, Mike Singletary. Right, because he got drafted in the second round. He thought he should have gone in the first, um, had a holdout. 
you know, sounds like he came in there maybe a little cocky. I mean, it's a fine line between arrogance and incompetence, but um, okay. So so we got Mike Singletary. He's holding out, and Buddy Ryan. He he didn't he didn't like the young guys. He didn't like the rookies. He he, he wanted the the veteran players that he knew he could trust. He didn't like people who felt entitled. And if you hold out, well, no, over I mean, because he he didn't grow it. up like that. You know, he's a. He, He's a farm boy. You know, he grew up working. So, you know, that, that whole mentality right there, you know, that, that carried over into his coaching style. You you put in the work. You get up in the morning and you, you work. And until you've done that work, you know, you haven't earned his trust. Mike Singletary was saying how he wanted to get traded. And the GM suggested to him, why don't you just do what you're told? Try that first and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, they they acknowledged that the uh, the talent was there. The, the potential was there. Buddy Ryan actually liked him. And Singletary thought that that guy did not like him at all. And he went to Buddy and said, you know, I want to be great. What, what can I do? And, and he goes, okay, watch film. Here's a projector. Here's how you use it. Watch film. And next thing you know, Singletary is saying, he's like, next thing you know, this projector and I are best friends, and I'm setting it up. I'm taking it everywhere with the team, whatever it took, that I was the guy with the camera. Yeah, but you know, it did it 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 was a process, but that was that was him putting in the the work. He he did what he was told and eventually became the centerpiece of that defense. But it took building that trust. You know, they were they say that uh it was one of two things with with the guys on Buddy Ryan's team. Either he had a nickname for you cuz you you earned his trust or he called you by by your number. Didn't call anyone by their actual name. I like that. I like his style. That's and that's the thing he had. He had style, and and you know, looking at our situation now, Rex has that same thing going on. He has that style. Maybe his mouth gets ahead of him. Um, and, and you know, getting ready to do the podcast today, we went through a bunch of we went through a bunch of like film and and did lots of reading on on this, and uh, you know, it, it's just. It's so cool to me to see, to see where Rex gets it from, you know, because a lot of the footage we saw today that was, that was before our time. Definitely, the the guy said what was on his mind, and, and he has this quote where he's being interviewed after his Philly job, uh, after he lost his Philly job, and he's on his farm in Kentucky. Uh, he really. Loved that job in Philly as the head coach. He really, really loved it from 86 to 90. He he had a splendid time, you know, it, and the players loved him. He was fired after they went 10 and 6. Yeah, that's, you know, and every year his team got, they, they progressively got better. But, the, again, you know, during his time in Philly there, they he, he couldn't, he he never won a playoff game, 
and that that definitely factored into well, one the decision. of those games that say it was the fog bowl, which yeah, see. So how do you blame that? I love how many like bowls there are when you look through through Buddy Ryan's career. Ooh. Ooh, you got your you got your bounty bowl, your bounty bowl too. I mean, a bounty bowl was uh, essentially. He said he paid somebody five hundred bucks to take out. It was two hundred bucks to take out the Dallas kicker. Yeah, the Dallas kicker who was cut by the Eagles. Early, yeah, earlier. So apparently, the Eagles punter and the Eagles special teams coach tipped off that kicker like, "Watch out, because their buddy put a bounty on you." Also, there was a five hundred dollar bounty if you took out Troy Aikman. Yeah, and uh, you know, doing the research for this today, another interesting thing that I found really interesting was uh, was Buddy Ryan's strategy after an interception. Um, apparently, he was coaching these guys that when when someone got an interception out there, the ten blockers are to go directly after the quarterback. Again, I really like this guy. You ever watch the Saints? We talked about the Saints. They they definitely took note with Kurt Warner. Yeah, yeah. You know? (laughs) What was funny about the bounties is uh, one game, supposedly one game, something happened where I'm going to talk out of my ass now. But the Cowboys beat the Eagles. And... He thought the Cowboys were being a little cocky. So they did uh, the next game. They did, I think this could be Bounty Bowl 1. It was Bounty Bowl 1. They did the fake Neil. Hail Mary. Pass interference and ran the ball in. <laughs> you know, so it. what I take from Buddy Ryan is if you haven't seen it, Go see it. Punch Kevin Gilbride. Yes, the Bills, the former Bills offensive coordinator, Giants, Oilers. Punch him right in the face on the sideline. Yep. That is awesome because they ran the run and shoot. The thing that made Warren Moon famous, you know, they ran the run and shoot, but he did not like his defense being on the field that often in bad field position and yada, 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 yada. What I like about Buddy Ryan, he didn't give a shit. He said what was on his mind. I mean, he, he's quoted, you can see in my video, he's like, I, I just told the players the truth. That way I didn't have to cover my own tracks. Why sugarcoat it? Why have to worry about one talking to another one behind their back? Like, it's not even worth it. It's not, and, and I find that fresh because, man, the NFL is so... Like, these sports things, I'm so sick. This is why we have a podcast. I'm sick of the hot <laughs> smoke getting blown around, dude. I'm not sniffing. I'm not buying your bullshit. Shoot me straight. If you want to talk shooting straight, how, how, how many quotes can you find from Buddy Ryan? I mean, it's incredible. Training for a six-pack. It doesn't even have to be cold. Really? Oh, I, would, I mean, I would be so pissed if 
if that if someone said that about me, you know what I mean? Just just amazing. You know, here's another quote. Dumb guys sulk and pout. You never see smart guys pout. Hey, they are paid very well. If they don't do the job, somebody's got to get got to get on them. The good players always react the way they should. And and what that reminds me of is what Mike Singletary was saying. He wanted to get traded because he felt like he, there was no compassion in, in Buddy Ryan's heart at all. He just ripped on him, and he called him, I forgot the exact wording, but essentially short and fat. <laughs> I mean... It, it could it could have been probably a lot worse no, of a name. There ain't nothing wrong with short and fat. No. Don't even Take look at me, me with those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he... Once Mike Singletary took to the coaching, you have a Hall of Fame career. And what that reminds me with the Bills, Rex Ryan talks about the 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 Ryan name. What is the Ryan name? The Ryan name is being brash, having attitude, and frankly not giving a shit. Not giving a fuck. Like, let's call it how it is. We're on a podcast for a reason. Right. You know, like, he did not give a fuck. They did what they had to do. And the players would run through a, a truck for him. He would do anything. Yeah, and, you know, he would, he would again, say what was on his mind. And, you know, the whole, the whole rivalry that he had with the Cowboys when he was in Philadelphia, I mean, that's, that's great entertainment. That's great entertainment, him going back and forth with, with Jimmy Johnson and, you know, before that, him and Landry running up the score on each other. You know, he not only brought, like, a stellar defense with him where he went, he brought, you know, that, that spark of energy. He got the players behind him. He got the fans behind him. They say he was the first players coach in, in, in the NFL. You know, that's what they say. And he would go against the management, you know. And when Mike Dicka was hired as, as, as Bears head coach, they said, hey, this guy's staying. Yeah, this guy's staying. His staff is staying. And there was, there was a little bit of animosity there. There was animosity between the two. Essentially, from what I've gathered... From listening to things, the, the the way the conversations went between the two, they say former players will say on the field, "Fuck you, no, fuck you," and that's how they said bye. You know what I mean? Like they did not like each other, right? And at I, all. I mean, stay out know, of the way. You know, Buddy Ryan felt slighted. Buddy Ryan was held up on the shoulders of the team. Right, but he felt slighted when they hired Dicka. He thought, you know, he had earned the head coaching job in Chicago. And then here comes Mike Dicka. So there was dissension in the ranks from the jump, from the get-go. But they still managed to go out and win. They went out and won a Super Bowl. They were 15-1 15-1 and one that year. Defensive records up the ass. Like, just... They the, had nine pro bowlers on that team. I think 
five of them were defensive players, maybe six, without having the actual list in front of me. Unreal. How many times have we referenced the Bears? And that's the 85 Bears. Yeah. You know, that's the 85 Bears. How many times have we talked about the 85 Bears in our lifetime? A lot more than I've talked about the 85 Bills. <laughs> and I love my Bills, man. I love I love Buffalo. I love my Bills. It's, uh... It's amazing what happens when people take in the coaching and people listen to the coaches. And and the parallel I drew is with Singletary was the problem Rex Ryan's having with the Bills here is last year they didn't want to buy in. And when that name is tarnished like we we were talking about, that Ryan name is tarnished, there was no better evidence of that than our beloved Buffalo Bills on the defensive side of the ball because we said this a year ago sitting here. Wait a second. The Bills were number four in the league. They could actually be better with a mastermind of Rex Ryan. And if you buy Rex's story, it's, hey, I tried to merge their system that worked for them with us. Well, if you look at the way Buddy Ryan coached Randall Cunningham, you could say the same thing because he told Randall before Buddy Ryan was there, the previous, you know, they, they wanted to slow him down and, you know, whatever. They wanted to make but, him a pocket passer. Yeah. They they said, no. <laughs> Buddy Ryan said, no, nah, get lighter, get running. And the way I look at it is there's something like, cutting edge, thinking outside of the box. And he saw what Randall Cunningham could do, and he tailored a system. The, the He tailored the offense to that, to his traits, to his strengths. And I feel that's what Rex wanted to do with the Bills. I, yeah, I'm sounding like an apologist, but when you're keeping things that work in the last system – and then putting your terminology over it. That's trying to be a good coach. And then when you hear from interviews from players this year, and they're, I forgot which player specifically, but they were on the John Murphy show. And uh, they said, hey, this defense is cutting edge. This is a cutting-edge defense here. This is real. This is Rex Ryan's cutting-edge defense right now. It's on the cutting edge. And and when you read the tea leaves after the first Patriots game and you saw the Bills get torched, Rex Ryan's theory for the first few games was, hey, they're going to get the ball out quick on us. But if they have nowhere to throw it, What's going to happen? What's ironic is Buddy Ryan figured out how to stop the run. And Rex Ryan is very proud about his defense against the run. He will rip Mike Patton up and down. Don't you dare call that my defense. Those running, stopping the run, it's, it's, it's laughable. 
It's very laughable. And what if Rex Ryan cracks the code on stopping quarterbacks? That's what I want to see. Because the, the 85 Bears did such crazy things. They had so many turnovers. Right. The policy was punish the quarterback. So many turnovers. You know, he had the he had the uh basic idea that, you know, if you kill the head, the body'll die with it. He always felt quarterbacks were overrated. Overpaid. O- overpaid. You know, it just I don't think I don't think guys like this come often that are that real in a very conservative league. You know, he tried to show off with with how he felt about quarterbacks. You know, he uh you know, he benched Randall Cunningham for Jim McMahon there, you know, he <laughs> You how know, how do you do that? Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know looking back it's like how, but I I felt like when he talks about it, he's actually being sarcastic. But at the same time, he's like, well, why am I going to keep hitting my head against the wall? I had yeah, to try something the, different. You throw the damn thing away and you start over, right? Is how he is how he put that. Right. Right. I, but, I mean, you know, Jim McMahon is, like, the classic budget quarterback. Jim McMahon is probably drunk. Yo, he's got, he's got the biggest jersey collection. Of, like, anybody on the block. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Jim McMahon wouldn't be drunk. I'm thinking Bernie Kosar. Why the hell am I thinking of Bernie Kosar? No, Jim McMahon might be drunk, bud. Well, Jim McMahon, No, you want to talk CTE, man. That guy is losing his mind. Is losing his mind. So, the 85 Bears, did you uh, ever happen to know... How many interceptions they had in 1985? How many? 6, 34. 34. 34, that's the magic number. Now keep in mind, <laughs> 34 interceptions? Yeah. That is ridiculous. That's a lot of turnovers. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. That that family knows how to coach defensive backs. I mean, what? I, I don't understand. I, I don't. You're talking about a league where you ran the ball. So that means you weren't running anything on them. You had no choice. So, I mean, with that many interceptions, you have to imagine they were pressuring those quarterbacks pretty pretty good but how many sacks did that defense have 64 sacks is that right yeah that's right so they had is that really right so they had 90 something turnovers oh no i'm so dumb yeah why am i even thinking no no but i mean that's that's 64 sacks 32 interceptions. You got to assume a lot of those interceptions would have been sacks if that dude didn't chuck that ball out. And then, oh, by the way, Jim McMahon and Walter Payton. Right, right. I mean, 
And I mean, just look at look at how many guys from that team went on to be coaches. Mike Singletary, Ron Rivera. Um, Who's a coach that Ron Rivera lets Cam Newton play? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher was on that team. I mean, he's kind of, his uh, title is head coach. I don't know how, I, I don't know how that how well I believe he also coached with him, too. Yeah, no, he did. With the Oilers, right? Uh, no. Was it the Oilers? The Titans. Titans. Well, the Oilers. Well, yeah. Yeah, through, through the move, though. <laughs> Oh, I make myself laugh. But you want to talk about top? They were averaging like ten points a game against them. Right. They're, Maybe I think like they ten point. They weren't giving up shit. But that's not even where he started, though. I mean, he actually started coaching the defensive line of the UV Bulls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had he had some high school coaching stuff going on down in Texas, um, but you know, moving moving into professional coaching. Well, not I mean that's collegiate level, but being being paid to coach. Um, he uh, yeah, it was the defensive line coach at UB from uh, nineteen sixty one to nineteen sixty five, and fun fact. Uh, Baby Rex and Rob popped out in 1962, so Buddy was coaching the Bulls at UB uh, when Rex and Rob were born. Now, during that time in 64, uh, Lou Saban offered him a coaching job with the Bills. Did he really? But the Bulls gave him a $2,000 a year raise to stay at UB, which he did for one more year. And then he went to the Jets. That's so funny. <laughs> How ironic would have been would have been. I mean, if he would have taken that job, he would have he would have coached to two AFL championship teams, you know, in Buffalo, the Bills. At the same time, who knows if it would have been as good because he could have screwed up the yeah, team Nick. like like Rex did, you know? Oh come on, now is not the time. Don't be, don't be one of those. I know. But if you look up his age, you actually discover something very interesting. Uh, yeah, there was, there was actually a little discrepancy about how old Buddy Ryan was. Um, the initial report that I saw, which is what I, what I tweeted on Twitter there, um, said he was 82. But come to find out, he had actually, uh, at one point in his career, trimmed a couple years off of his age. Um, he was actually 85. He was actually born in uh, 1931, not 1934, as uh, previously reported. What a slick cat. I like it. I like this guy a lot. I like swindling. I know you What a guy. What a guy. As an Eagles head coach. Thought he was an innovator. Hell of an innovator, too. Offensively, as well. And... When you think Tyrod Taylor, you you think what? Okay, you you're a coach, and your specialty is what? Defense. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So you have to be able to find out for yourself and know what your kryptonite is. And that's what he built on offense. Right. Right. What What does your defense struggle with? That will probably work against other defenses, right? And that seems logical. I mean, I can connect those dots. I feel comfortable with that, with now, that Fran line of thinking. Fran Tarkenton was a pretty mobile quarterback. But Randall Cunningham took it to another level. Pre-Michael Vick. But Randall Cunningham could throw. Yeah, he had a cannon. You know, as well. And again, Michael Vick had a cannon too, but... How accurate, I mean, how accurate that cannon was. Randall Cunningham's how, how smart a mutt. between the ears. It, it it's not even a fair comparison because Randall Cunningham has so much size compared to Michael Vick. Right. He and, was a big dude. Yeah, just play man and ultimate teams. You'll figure it yeah. out. Joke. That's uh. That's what I was hoping to see from EJ Manuel. I wanted him to to be Randall Cunningham, the second, but it didn't. It didn't really happen like that. He busted up his knee instead. That Browns game for EJ Manuel, I'll never forget it. Oh, I know. I'll never forget it. I think we got something here. I think we got something here. What do you mean his knees hurt? Yeah, oh my god, yeah. But Tyrod Taylor, you're looking at a dual threat quarterback. Randall Cunningham, dual threat quarterback. You're looking at new ways to to pe- coaches that are not scared to do something new or to try something new or to own it, and that's what Buddy Ryan did. And their his kids were his biggest fans. Right, and it you know it's not hard to find similarities and parallels in their game plans. In the way they coach, in the way they deal with their players, in the way they deal, you know, in the way they carry themselves, you know, in front of the media and things of that nature, they they don't bullshit you. If if you suck, they'll say so. Do you think they knew about this before? Knew about what? Do, like, do you think it was, like, a media play? Like, like not like a media play, like, insincere, but, like, these guys came together, they said, to, to you know, we're talking about the, the naming, Tarnished. It seems like they obviously knew that their father was on the way out, way out. I mean, yeah, he, you know, they, they brought him in last year for a game, and, you know, he was on the car, he... You could tell he was was you know having trouble getting around. He looked pretty rough. They you know maybe they didn't expect it, maybe they did, but you know he he was older, so you always gotta kind of expect that. Okay, so where are we getting at here? I was just wondering, you know. It's it's really awful that, you know, Buddy Ryan passed. At the same time, it's going to draw an appreciation for Rob and Rex and their minds. And it could be something that to take a positive spin 
I think those guys need because everybody's just taking a giant shit on them lately. They are the butt of jokes to a lot of people around the league. I've admitted it. You know, when Rex wasn't here, I didn't care for him because that's the coach I wanted. I wanted a player's coach. I wanted somebody who talked. But he was in our division. You know, Rob Ryan, I always, like, would bust, bust chops. Why are they showing this guy on the screen more than the head coach, Jason Garrett, or Sean Payton with this dumb little visor? Because he's a Ryan. He's I animated. Knew, yeah, just, I knew when Doug Marone came here. You got a Ryan on the sidelines. Someone might get punched. You know? Maybe. You missed my Doug Marone drinking game. No, I didn't. I've never missed Doug Marone. I love the new Bills ownership for going out and getting Rex Ryan. Hell yeah. I think it's awesome. Hell yeah. So it, I really think it's interesting to think about it that this could really turn the ship. This could help turn the ship around for them. But they have a chip on their shoulder, these Ryan kids, man. They have a real chip on their shoulder. When they're saying that they're all in and Rob's Rob has no life and he's sleeping in the facility and doing whatever, I really think they feel like their back is up against the wall. They have kids, which Rob Ryan's son is now going to go to Clemson. Did you hear that? Yep. Me, I think you told me that. Yeah, I think I did. Oh, whatever. And Rex's son is in Clemson now, but they want to come. Who knows? They might want to have their kids carry this name. And... I think Bills fans should be for, should feel fortunate that they have that chip on their shoulder. Because what I mean, instead of thinking the negative, let's think the positive. The reason I love when they build when the Bills hire Rex Ryan is one, there's going to be national eyes on the team, and and one thing I did not like about being a Bills fan during the dry years, which it's not really dry. Or going great now, but it's going okay. It's going better than it has, better than a bunch of six and ten seasons. You know, it's going a little bit better. Yeah, and we haven't been four hope. and twelve in a while. You look at the roster, and it's just stacked with talent. The GM is doing a wonderful job. The GM is not scared to make moves. Uh, Jim Oberdorf has adjusted great to new ownership, and you know, with these old names and organization, you kind of think, well, who's taking a shit where on what and. You know, you got to get that guy in, that guy out. You know, see Tom Donahue, for example. You know, people want to get Russ out, but Russ is a brilliant marketer. They have a good, the Bills ownership, I think, have a really good thing going on here. But when you have Rex Ryan with that kind of name putting the Bills on national TV, as a fan, I just want, I just want, as a fan, my team to be talked about. Right. That's all I care about. I want to open right. up ProFootballTalk.com. I want to see it talked about. Let me get I'll, some headlines. Right, right. I want to see I'm whatever show on the four-letter network there, I want to hear about them talking about the Bills. I want to see an NFL network talking about the Bills. And you could sit there and watch a bunch of stuff on those channels, and you would see the Bills kind of in like a little box. But they would never really get to it. And if they did, they'd touch on it real quick. 
Now, because people are shocked, Rex Ryan says what's on his mind, and everybody's too worried about, can you believe it? He really said that. It's like, what kind of conversation did you homers have amongst each other? Because I know what I said. I grew up talking shit. Like, what? Yeah. No, stop totally. pretending. Just stop pretending. And everybody's shocked that this guy and his brother and his father, Buddy Ryan, that, they're, that, that, that they speak what's on their mind. What I'm getting at here in a roundabout way is, I never, never wanted to play a Ryan defense. Right, and especially Rex. You, you know, know what? You gotta, you gotta admire the confidence. You have to. Whether you think he's a blowhard or not, you gotta love these guys for believing, believing in their team, believing in their. In their game plan. How about believing in themselves? Exactly. Buddy Ryan told the 85 Bears before the Super Bowl, follow my game plan and everything's going to be, we're going to win this easy. You know, just the players did it. When you have a Bills team that didn't want to buy in and your players aren't, your, your players aren't buying in and your last name is Ryan, there's an issue there. I mean, you know, he, he kind of did the same thing with, in Arizona that Rex did here. Rex came in here last year talking about playoffs and this and that, and uh, we went 8-8. Eight and eight. When, when Buddy Ryan got hired as the head coach of the Cardinals in 1994, he came in and he had his press conference and said, hey, you got a winner in town. And they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Huh. And then they went 4-12. and 12. And then that was... That was where, you know, he chose to end his coaching career. Right. Um, but, you know, very, very similar situation. But, again, you know, I I touched on this point last in last, last week's podcast. What's he going to say? Like, he's going to come in there and be like, well, we might be all right. You, you know, you got you to gotta sell yourself. If, if you don't seem like you... If if you're not confident in yourself, your your guys aren't going to be confident, and that's that's what these guys are, man. These guys get in that locker room and they pump their players up. They're motivators, and you know I'm I, I I'm glad that we get to have Buddy Ryan's legacy come through Buffalo via Rex. I'm glad he's our coach this year. What What if that chip on their shoulder comes to fruition in a positive way? Right. I mean, and these guys stick together, and Greg Roman sticks around because they wanted they want to build a a, a winner. Right. I just want a winner, cutting edge defense. I mean, Bruce Smith played here. You could say the best defensive player ever. You could say that. You know, but Buddy he's, Ryan coached a hell of a lot of great defensive players. You look at the 2000 Ravens. Oh, who's on that staff? Rex Ryan is the D-line coach. I mean, these players just got to shut up and listen. There's, I, I, I don't know what the disconnect was last year. We can speculate. We can listen to them. Whatever it is, you blame Rex Ryan, and he failed. 
and he will openly admit that. But can we think about the positive here? Can we think about innovation? You know, it's a it, it's such a favor league over offense. Defense is great, but what's kind of amazing is is even though people kind of build and evolve and evolve and evolve, if you really look at it, I notice that the run game is very important. I've been preaching the run game again lately. The last couple of years, even before the this podcast a couple of years ago, you just look at these teams. I mean, we've been saying a lot lately. Look at Peyton Manning. You can say that, that 2015 Broncos defense, one of the best defenses as well in in the history of the league. You know, very, they were very, very, very good. Even the 2013 Seahawks. But you look at the Seahawks, and you had a young Russell Wilson. You look at the Patriots when they were doing their thing early on. You had a young Tom Brady. Don't fuck it up. You had Peyton Manning throwing wounded ducks. And Peyton Manning was the poster child of 40-plus touchdowns. And you don't need a defense. You don't need this and that. You just need a quarterback. But I still feel like the quarterback gets you very, very far. Obviously, it gets you extremely far. With a great quarterback, you can overcome a lot of things on defense and, and personnel-wise. Like, Brett Favre would make his receivers better. Sidney Rice never had a career after Brett Favre left. He tried to. He got signed for good money with Seattle. He did not do squat. He could not get his shit together without Brett Favre. I mean, even Percy Harvin made a pretty good name under Brett Favre. But when you look at it, if you don't have the defense, I don't think you're winning. Because how can you put all that pressure on one guy, on Tom Brady? Because eventually... That game where Tom Brady gets rattled that we've all seen over the years, it ain't much. But we remember it. It's because he got knocked on his ass. When you get Tom Brady off of his spot, when you start bashing the hell out of Brett Favre in the NFC Championship game, see Greg Williams in the bounty gate, you know, you're really getting, just like again, what Buddy Ryan said, chop it off at the head. Right. Chop um, it off at that. I mean, another example you could look at, uh, you know, in more recent history here in Buffalo. Look at the uh, look at the game they they played against uh, Green Bay year before last. I mean, nullified Aaron Rodgers. Mario Williams had a hell of a game that game. Got to give him credit there. Yeah. It's a hell of a game. <laughs> give, hey, someone, history, give, give someone else credit. That's history. You look at it, chop off at the head. I, it, it, it's not, it, it's not true. And if you could, what's funny about football is, there's been certain errors of coaches. Example, Chan Gailey, his defense has suffered, and when the defense suffered, the offense was put into bad positions. Ryan Fitzpatrick should not have been put in a lot of those positions with that defense. Look at how well Fitz did with the Jets with a good defense. He went ten and six, you know. So, if you look at it, that counts. That counts as winning. 
It does. You, it does, and they're very close to 11-5 and five and in the playoffs if they would have beat the Bills. But the Bills showed up, which we cannot forget about that with, that with the defense, with the lack of personnel the Bills had on the defense side of the ball. I feel if the team would have won a few more games, they would have won them. They were just seemed to click in the last couple of weeks, especially the Jets game. They looked good. But throughout history, what I'm getting at is you have to have the whole package. Right. Everything everything complements everything else. One hand will always wash the other. So if your defense is coming, or I should also say, if your offense is coming off the field quick, and now your defense has to defend a short field, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of pressure. We were hoping a year ago that this offense could just sputter some kind of hope. Three-headed quarterback competition. Matt Castle. Who's this Tyrod Taylor kid? Well, he sat for four years, and, you know, you do your due diligence, you do your homework. Oh, okay, I kind of do remember that guy. I kind of do remember that guy. You know, but we had the opposite. The the, the Ryan brothers can only go up, man. They're, they're so far down. They can only go up. They can't get worse. If you have 11 guys at least trying you know, Ed Reed talked about effort with this team, at least trying to do what the hell they got to do. This team could be good. Very good, I think. I think they could. I, yeah, I know. I'm the homer. They could be. I think they could be 10-6. and six. I'll call it now. Call it now. 10-6. It's a tough schedule, but I think they got the talent, so. It, it should be fun. Really sad about Buddy Ryan. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, but just a couple more quotes. I don't know what his status is. I don't even know who he is. That's awesome. Another quote. I don't think coming in late hurt his chances. I think because he can't punt might hurt his chances. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier... If you suck, he'll tell you. And then another one. I think with me, what you see is what you get. Well, some people don't like what they see. <laughs> Football kickers are like taxi cabs. You can always go out and hire another one. Mm. <laughs> don't get me started. Hey, that was before the kick. That was before the kickoff was uh, moved around before. Field goals were moved around. There was one quote that I found really interesting. is when Philadelphia had to replace some players, he goes, we might have the worst bunch of guys together we've ever seen as a football team. I don't know what anybody else has, but I trade mine with anybody, sight unseen. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that's when that whole Dallas Cowboys rivalry started because Tom Landry ran ran the scoreboard up against the replacement players. And then, you know, Buddy came back and ran the score up against them the next time, and then then it was on to the Bounty Bowls. Great rivalry. What Buddy Ryan really liked to do is on the Eagles, he, he had a lot of control over the personnel. And with the Cardinals, he was also the general manager. So... Buddy Ryan, I, I'm doing I'm doing roster cuts with the Eagles. 
it was so easy. My wife could have made them, and she didn't even know these guys. <laughs> Ruthless. He did not give a shit. I'm pretty impressed. I mean, you had the body bag game, which the Redskins lost eight players. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, just out there straight crushing. Don't get me wrong. We all think that the bounties is kind of scummy, but you got to keep in mind. Hey, 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 speak for yourself, man. <laughs> I I like roughneck shit. I wish I wish that's how the league operated all the time. I wish I wish these guys were getting incentives to go out and and win, go out and play hard, get sacks. We're, we'll pay you more. Like I, I I want more of that. I want more of that. You know what I mean? There are there are performance incentives in these contracts, but then like you you start singling people out, and then all of a sudden it's it's an issue. But you you tell a guy, hey, you get twenty sacks, we'll give you we'll give you a bonus. What's the what's the difference here? Who cares, man? Go out there and go out there and crush. There your, is never crush the there's never that's that's what I want to see when I turn on my television. There's never anything wrong with a cash deal on the side. Alright? We all like a little extra cash. Yeah. If you got any schemes, let us know. We want in. He got the best out of his players. He found out how. Whether it's money, I don't know what else. If it was more than money, whatever, he figured it out. And these guys went to bat for him. You got a guy in Singletary who was trying to get traded to becoming a Hall of Famer slash Right, I mean, One of Buddy, Buddy Ryan, Ryan's closest friends. Buddy Ryan went out there and benched him his first start after the first play of the game. Why? Um, he went out. They were playing the San Diego Chargers. Dan Fouts, after the first play from scrimmage, comes back in the no-huddle offense. And, you know, Singletary's out there. He doesn't know what to do. He's confused. And he calls a timeout. Buddy Ryan... He didn't like that shit. He said, who called that timeout? And Mike Singletary said, hey, it was me. Those guys those guys came to the line, called the timeout. He said, man, get your ass on the bench. And he was forced to play him too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Mike Singletary came up and thanked him for the start that game, he said, uh, he, thanked, he thanked that fucking general manager. He invited Mike Singletary, invited his whole friends and family to the game. And then he that, that, that's that's rough, man. You know, but uh, hey, you know, he made he he made that man. Not everybody liked him. He made that man a legend. So not every player liked that and wanted to play for him. But at the same time. If you could find a way to get in these people, to get results out of these players, they just seem like they, the the family just seems like they're just real, just just real people. And do you want to talk about real? Uh, a last note about this: our tribute to Buddy Ryan today, and the Ryan brothers. Please, you know, hang in there. Understand that we all appreciate what you guys do. 
and where you came from. You found something online, and there's a guy in Kentucky driving by a random farm. Right, yeah. Um, guy on the uh, the Bills Mafia Facebook page actually <laughs> posted a picture of him and Rex, ran into Rex out on the farm, I guess, bailing hay today. I saw that I saw that post earlier. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting that, that, you know, that's what Rex is doing right now. He's... He's down in Kentucky at his dad's farm putting in work. The the level of respect behind that, the it, it just feel it just feels like such a genuine tribute, you know what I mean? Like it, it really speaks to to being real. You know, that that's how I look at it. I I find it so incredible how normal they really are. And they're just not normal amongst their peers. That's like the biggest thing I gravitate towards. Being yourself. I mean, you and I came up in like the punk hardcore kind of community. And, you know, people come and go. But we took you to the Madball show the other day. And you were in all your glory, you know. You... Because you were around familiar faces that have been real with you. And yeah. and it was kind of hard for you to actually come out, you know? Yeah, it was a good time, though. I thought it was neat. So it, it's for, for us, it's like, for me, you know, I, I just remember wearing, like, hand-me-down clothes in high school. Like, I didn't have a choice but to meet me. You know, you didn't always like it, whatever. But, man, Buddy Ryan speaking that guy's mind not giving a shit, drawing attention to himself to keep it off the players. His kids follow suit. They say what's on their mind. They talk shit. It's hilarious. Good. Some of y'all get butt hurt, but I love every I love every second of that Just shit. Just be yourself, man. I, I mean, it, it's that easy for me. I get my mouth in trouble a little bit. I don't know if you can tell. Hey, we all do. We all do. We're done here. Please check us out. NumbillsFan.com. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We have a lot of big things in the works. Like I said, we have a guy, the creative director from EA Sports, coming up soon. His name is Rex Dixon. If you want, you can find him on Rex DEA Football on Twitter. He's a cool follow because if you're a big man in head, you want to get the ins and outs, you want to figure out what the hell's going on, you can ask this guy questions. And, and it seems like what's cool about Man Lately is they have their ear down to the community and they're trying to make some adjustments. They still haven't figured out certain things, but they're trying. I want to see what's behind the scenes. I'm sure you, you people wouldn't mind. But other than that, we got a lot of big things in in the works we've been really just kind of behind the scenes just kicking back just trying to figure out how we're going to fit everything we want to do in and execute it correctly uh anything you need please hit me up on twitter or adam i am numb bills fan on twitter also find us on facebook instagram whatever you got to do twitter's the fastest numb bills fan at gmail.com Hits my phone. Deacon's leaked up too. What's your Twitter, bud? 
Numbills, Adam D. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And uh, you know, if you ever if you ever have any thoughts, any feedback, any comments, suggestions, yeah, death threats, hate up. mail, love letters. I have to be honest. I expected a lot more hate when we started this. If thing. you want to, maybe and, and like, we don't get it. We we have some pretty positive people. I mean, Lethal James got mad at me. Sorry, Lethal James. Sorry, no. dog. But you're an asshole, so you got what you deserve. So me? <laughs> oh, never. Oh, you know, I, you know, I gotta side with the listeners. Come on, dog. I kind of wish people threw more fireballs at us. I just. I want something to amuse myself. Anyways, numbillsfan.com. Please check us out. Thank you for everything, really. And go Bills. Go Bills.